Yes, it's time for the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. We've had a little bit of a holiday since the Battle of the Bush uh, with commitments not all lining up, but we are back and uh, we're in the studio. Andrew Watson, uh, g'day, Maxi Tanks. Yeah, well, I suppose commitments and there was a few rained out meetings again yep. and we we've obviously didn't have too much to talk about also, but look, we are, we are back and um, we've got some... some big i suppose races to go through and some big meetings coming up and um before you know it's going to be cup season isn't it it certainly is and brooke richardson's on the line speaking of cups the cups queen uh, how are you tonight brookie yeah not too bad poking along and uh, over the course of the past three or four weeks you've uh, traveled some k's you've been to rockhampton for a cup you've been to mount isa and uh i believe the uh little dolly trolley's ready packed up to go to Mackay <laughs> this weekend <laughs> Yeah, back on the road again. Yeah, look, uh, I only got the one ride at this stage, but got to stick with them. They've, they've been looking after me and uh, keeping me on board the horse, so uh, I'll, I'll return the favour. Um, yeah, look, hopefully he goes good, stepping up to the 2,000 metres, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. You'd be um, hoping for a little bit better barrier this time than um, last oh, Rocky. Yeah, hopefully we don't get the visitors draw. But, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not exactly hopeful. It seems to be the way when you've got to travel the furthest, you get the widest draw. <laughs> Good racing on Saturday at the Barkew Amateur Race Club Blackall. Uh, with a couple of good races, but uh, the feature one was the Noel Allen Memorial Cup. It was an open plate over the 1,200 metres. Your favourite was uh, Even Money. Uh, Nick the Skip for Shane Iverson. Here's the uh, final 300 with the Godfather. Oh, ran out the 1,200, full of running. Jarhead for the Queen of Clermont, Emma Bell and Rodney Little got the cash. Good odds, $4.40. One by a length and a half uh, with a bit up at sleeve two over Zillator for David Rewald and Robbie Farr. And LeBook, another good run for Todd Austin and Jason Misson, beaten two and three-quarter lengths. But Jarhead Maxi, uh, very impressive. And can I just say that Battle of the Bush form is really starting to stand up as well. I mean, we've got Jarhead winning there. I thought Kettleston was probably unlucky with the way the track played at Blackhall. But Amudi Bay has ran a cracker in the Rockhampton Newmarket and then almost won the Mackay Newmarket, only narrowly going down there. It's, we do see it each year that the, the form sort of does hold up with that top half. Mm. But it's... um. I think it's probably the best form we've seen come out of it um, in the previous edition so far anyway. I'd certainly agree with that. It was a bumper eight race car which kicked off at um, 12 noon with an open handicap, 1,400 metres. And Tycoon Zip uh, for the Smiling Assassin of Charleville, Les Baker and Shane McGovern teamed up. Uh, first, a crack at the 1,400 metres and a good ride by McGovern saw it win. Odessa finished well late. Now, this horse with a benchmark of 44 got beaten half a length <laughs> in an open. Great run for Peggy, Greg Pegg and Emma Bell. And uh, as you said, Kennelson was a little bit unlucky for Todd Austin and Rick McMahon, the dollar eighty favourite brookie. But uh, a good win there for Tycoon Zip. Yeah, it was a good win for the old battler. It's good to see him out this way and under the uh, training ranks of Les Baker. He's always got him well prepared and, and looking a treat. And, uh, 
Yeah, he looked nice and comfy, and he won uh, pretty well with a nice ride by Shane. And uh, speaking of Odessa, I did get the opportunity to ride it a couple starts back at Cunnamulla, and um, they told me how much of a pony it is and how slow it is. And I actually got <laughs> off it and asked if I could ride it again. I said, look, I just think it needs further. And, uh, yeah, look, it, it was a step up in grade for the horse, but I definitely think the distance suits. So back in its own sort of grade, I think uh, that horse won't be far off winning a race. And Kettleston, like you said, just down to the track, to be honest. I give him a gallop um, just before Blackall, and I actually had said to Todd, I said, geez, I feel like Blackall's a waste of a run because it was winning work, but I knew that he just really doesn't handle Blackall the best. So a little unlucky there, but I'm sure we'll see him back in the winner's circle in no time when he's on a more suitable track. You know, three years ago when you rode Tycoon Zip to a win in the Alpha Bracelet, the Bellyando, yeah. did you ever expect you'd see him winning 1,400 metres? Because I never no, thought he'd be able to run it out. No, I was surprised, um, to be honest. I, I sort of had him marked as possibly not a winner, but possibly a placing, because I'd said, I don't think he'll run the trip. Uh, and he proved me wrong anyway. So, But look, if you're going to run the 1,400, Blackall's probably a track um, to suit a speedy horse like him, because they can skip away on that turn there. Um, and really make up a little bit of ground on them. I, I think it's uh, Blackall's a hard track. If you're not up there close, it, it's hard to catch them. I know times aren't everything, but uh, it ran significantly quicker than the next winner, You're My Hero. Uh, the first leg of Todd Austin's winning double, the first of three for Rick McMahon. One by four lengths over Soul Air for Billy Johnson and Robbie Farr, and Helmet Head in third for Rodney Little and Emma Bell. So uh, You're My Hero run 123.81, V Tycoon uh, Zip 123.10. So uh, it was a good front-running sections there by Tycoon Zip. But You're My Hero, Max, um, another one I probably didn't, think would have been as well suited to the Blackall track. Apparently, uh, talking to bookmaker Pete Anderson, he couldn't write a ticket for you on my hero at Alpha. It wasn't wanted and uh, has come out and won here well. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to lob in the lead anyway. Um, and then once it got to that lead, just the way the Blackall track was playing on Saturday, it, it probably became a bit more clear later on. It was going to be a, a bit harder. And it, I just from observing anyway, it looked like they went a bit slower than they did in the open and, and um, obviously was able to really build into that race and kick away off some um, easy sectionals. Race three was the maiden over 1,200 metres, second leg of uh, Todd Austin's winning double, the second of Rick's three. Royal Confession in those famous Caroline colours got the cash, a bolted in as the two's on favourite. Six and a half lengths over Cut Inter and Matagorda run third. Uh, the second horse, Mark Johnson, Emma Bell and David Rewalt rides and trains uh, the third... Uh, the thir- uh, the third horse, sorry. But Royal Confession, Brooke, um, second up for the stable. Good win. Yeah, look, it, it wasn't a bad win when you're going on margins. I think the maidens out here are um, pretty weak at the moment. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? Um, sorry to anyone listening that had a horse in that race. But, um, yeah, look, I think they're a little bit light on at the moment. Um, there's not too many um, real solid maideners around, but... Yeah, look, he put a gap in him and he, and he won well. So hopefully, you know, looking for a B or something like that, he might find an easy one and, and win a couple more. But, um, yeah, look, I haven't got much to say because um, Todd actually had a little inside joke with me in the stables because he works like an absolute... I don't know slug. what the word is. Not, yeah, slug. <laughs> His work isn't the greatest, and I've got to stick him with a mate, even pair him up with another horse just to get him going. Um 
So I didn't hold high hopes for him. And when he's hit the front and he just kept improving, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, I pulled my hat down. I was like, he's not going to let me live this down. (laughs) 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 I was wrong. But anyway, look, yeah, look, I hope he goes on to win another one for Bobby and Pam because they're really nice people and um, it's good to see those colours back in the winning circles. There's been a couple of good horses um, in those colours, obviously Sizzlady, but one I always remember is old Sammy Sparrow. Remember mm. Sammy? Yeah. He was a, a good horse. Jeez, he, he kept going for ages as well, didn't he? Yeah. Like, you know, I yeah. liked him. Yeah. You, Mate, you bought him in a Calcutta for a lot of money once, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sound like you. <laughs> Baku Fodder and Feed, one of the major sponsors there on the day, uh, was the naming sponsor for race four. It was a 55 over 1,200 metres. Now, this horse goes well. Uh, Mashani Operator was the winner for Shane Iverson in the third leg of Rick McMahon's winning treble. Seven and three-quarter lengths and run time two. Beat Amadeo for Jeff Rafter and Ross Tilly. And Auric Gold, Mark Johnson, Shane McGovern in third, beating some 12. 12 and three-quarter lengths. Maxi, um, I like this horse. Yeah, so do I. Um, look to have ran time. Um, and, look, the margins probably stand up for it there with the big weight. So I'm going to be interested to see sort of what sort of – where the ceiling is, I guess. I, I guess when you cast your your thoughts back and you remember Nick the Skip was going on a similar path, wasn't it? And then yep. once it got to open grade, it kind of stalled a little bit. Coming back um, better this preparation, but – um, it will be interesting to see, I suppose, just how high I can get. Race five was the first leg of Billy Johnson and Tyler Leslight's winning double. They got the cash in the Nugget Turnbull Sausage Dog colours with Von Saga. Uh, it was 250 favourite one by length and a quarter over surprise selection. Old Town Road, uh, OK in third. Second horse, David Rewalt rides and trains in Old Town Road for Raymond Fraser and Anna Bacos, Brooke. Yes. Von Saga, it's good to see uh, young Tyler kicking some winners home. And uh, Bevan and Johnson and Mel look like they support him a fair bit and um, he's willing to listen and, and learn everything he can. So, yeah, look, big congratulations to them. And this horse has been in uh, really good form of late, just knocking on the door. So no surprise with a n- nice claim that it's uh, got up and won there. B was an interesting race. I'll stay with you, Brooke, for this one. And it was the second leg of Billy Johnson and Tyler Leslite's winning double, respectively. And Royo was just far too good. One by six lengths in the end. Osaka Sunset ran second for Rodney Little and Emma Bell and Star Twinkle for Todd Austin and Jason Miston in third. But uh, you had a, did have a ride in the race. It, it seemed to win really impressively, Royo. Yeah, it did. And, and um, if you go through its form of, as of late, you know, it's been right in the money. Um, it has. It's. I think that's Tyler's third, third win on it from mm. memory. So, look, he obviously knows the horse well and uh, it's doing good things for him and, you know, you don't change something that's working. So, obviously, uh, he knows the horse well and knows how to ride it and uh, going off the win there at Blackwell, I'd say that it's got a few more under its belt. And uh, wrapping things up there at Blackall with the big eight-race card, Maxie, a boil over in the last with no refund winning. Beating a pretty good field in the Class 6 plate, 1,050. Uh, got the cash by a length of a quarter over Hand Dynasty, the speedy one for Billy Johnson and Robbie Farr. The odds-on favourite, Halcyon House, finished in third for Todd Austin and Rick McMahon. Uh, a couple of the other interesting runners in the race, the Snooper Star fourth. Uh, I'll ask Brooke about that shortly. And London Ruler back in ninth, Max. 
Interesting, no refund. Um, finished fourth to Helsian House, only beaten four lengths at Barky a few starts back. Meets at three kilos better off and is able to turn the tables there. So, I mean, that form line's probably there. Might have snuck up under the um, snuck under the, the snuck through to the keeper, I guess, mm. a little bit there in terms of its odds. But um, look, I'd be interested to know your thoughts, Brooke. Did the track play a little bit differently mm. after it was dragged during the day? Um. Oh, I wouldn't say so. I just think I find Blackwell's a funny track as it is, and it really just does not suit some horses. They find it quite hard um, to get around, not in the sense that they're trying to run off or anything, but you'll find them skiddling like they're half run off their feet all the time, um, and it's really hard to make ground on. So I really do think the track wouldn't have suited Halcyon House, but also down the back straight, um, along there was really heavy, like the heaviest I've seen it in a long time. They were going a long way down into it. So a l- I found with a lot of the ones I rode, they were struggling almost to get up out of it. Mm. Um, so that made it a lot harder. But, yeah, look, I think once they had dragged the track, it, it didn't really make that much of a difference as to as the way it raced. Maxie, we, we talk about this a lot. Um, with class sixes, and we often say they're a class six by name only. I'll, I'll make an exception here. I think this was a good class six, and we can fully follow some form here. They're all open hu- company horses, mm. aren't they? I, like, I, mm. I, like, I mean, like. I reckon Snooper Star was possibly the run of the day. There we go. A horse that's really surprised me is um, Han Dynasty. It just keeps stepping up, doesn't yep. it? Yep. I mean, like, if you go through, it, it was. You know, he had its maiden this time last year at Moranbar. It, it won sort of well, but it, it wasn't anything, like, overly impressive. It's just been plugging away, and now it's last three starts up there in proper grade, you know. it It's um certainly going along really nicely if it's only three years old. So, um, you know, he could be a, a really good star as he comes through. Anything to follow? I, I'm just I'm the same as Brooke. I just don't like the way the sort of track was. I, you could sort of tell that some horses weren't getting through it like they usually would. It's... I mean, maybe someone like Kettleson, you can forgive that run, but it, it, it's probably pretty hard to try and find something that you can... Um, um, I, I guess everything's a forgive run coming through that, that race is anyway. Hewenden was the venue for racing in the northwest, and uh, it was a nice little crowd that was there. Windy conditions. Uh, race one uh, was a maiden over the flying thousand metres. Unfortunately, Jason Hoopert uh, sustained an injury uh, when it got... Um, I think a horse went, fell on him, actually. Uh, I did speak to Jason yesterday, and he was back riding work, so there's nothing stopping hoops, <laughs> that's for sure. I think um, he was more angry that his saddle broke than he was about, obviously, it's a, the way yeah. the horse fell on him. So. In the race, the appointed time was your favourite at $4. was an open betting race. Here's the final 400. Bella Australis and Kangaron misses. Last of all, Moted Forget About It as they swing around the f- turn and uh, in front now is Judy, my baby, as Tiziak drops off Armageddon Flyer. Elusive reward in the appointed. Time's coming down the outside with a wet sail and so too is Bella Australis from the back. Judy, my baby's going up and down in the one spot quickly claimed by the appointed time and Bella Australis Late. It's still Judy, my baby. Judy gets the cash. Judy beats the appointed time. Bella Australis, a good run into third. Then we had Armageddon fly laterally. Kangaroo miss picked up a couple of late. So <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That horse. <laughs> 
ran uh, fifth or sixth, beaten ten lengths. But Tanya Parry, she just knows how to win a maiden in the Northwest. <laughs> Carl Spry lifted it over the line at Bolter's odds, $17. It looked gone with 100 to go. And I spoke to Carl after the race, and he just said, well, he thought too, but there wasn't really much coming from the back. Bella Australis, a good run from the back, beaten three-quarters of a length. The appointed time, he'll win one eventually, uh, third for Kerry Crow and Barra. Maxi, but what more do we say? No, oh, that's it. It's, it's just it's just been the story all year, hasn't it? It's just the Tenya Perry show there with the maidens, and um, look, that one got up at pretty good odds there as well. Really good odds. Uh, race two, uh, Miss Ellie won for Greg Hitmont and Bonnie Thompson, one by a half length over Media Rana, which is a really good run and well supported at odds. Those odds are wrong there. It was uh, 21s into six on track for Sean Royce and Leanne McCoy and Major Nick. Uh, Apache run there for Chris Parry and Pietro Romeo drifted back to about fifth or sixth turning for home and came again for third but Miss Ellie uh, too good and uh, Brooke Body Thompson um, you don't often see her come out to the country she's always uh, usually uh, getting full books on the coast but uh, good to see her out here Bonnie Yeah it is good to see her out in the bush again I know uh, I got to ride with her in the bush around the Darling Downs there a lot when I was an apprentice and uh, yeah she's a great great chick and she's a, not a bad jockey either and she's certainly very down to earth so I'm sure she uh, was happy to be back in the bush and she wouldn't have made um, anyone feel out of place that's for sure she's definitely a really nice girl and uh, it's good to see her get a winner. Now this trainer Greg Hitquant I'm not too fam- too familiar with him Maxie but uh, looking through his record he, he can get them going he can get them going. Geez, he's won some races. <laughs> I was the same as you and then um, did obviously the same thing and um, went through the, the runners that he's he's had recently. And look, I know he doesn't obviously always have a lot of runners and um, when he does, though, he seems to have a pretty good strike rate, doesn't he? I mean, Miss Ali, he's kept her up for a while. Well, mm. I suppose not in terms of this preparation, but he's yeah. he's had it for off. a few years. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the, the the drama out of race two was, um, well, there was a few issues with the track and the jockeys um, did meet with the stewards and uh, I was lucky enough to be privy to some of the talks there. Uh, there was a vote between the jockeys eight um, weren't comfortable in riding in the remaining races and three uh, were, so it was an eight to three vote and the races were therefore abandoned. Um it just come down to the, the, the um, track issues again with the so much rain that we've had, the soaking rain. And, Brooke, I know you were involved with the um, discussions at Ilfra came a couple of weeks ago. The crust can be deceiving, the, the top layer of soil on these black soil tracks. But when you go down, um, you know, Toyotas can drive over them all day long with, gra- with graders. But when you've got a horse going with their, I don't even know what you call it, but they're forced down and running, uh, it's a different mm. dynamic altogether. Yeah, it really is. And like you said, you can drive over the top of it and all things like that and roll it, but all you're doing is creating, like you said, a crust. Um, You get a nice, shiny, hard-looking surface and then underneath is just... um, It's like a clay, like almost like you're modelling clay. So the horses, when they come down on top of it with impact and force, and you've got to remember they're, you know, about 500 kilos and they're travelling at speed, they're not poking along... Um, and they're not a roller, they're not wheels. <laughs> they yeah. have, um, you know, their hooves are gripping into the surface and it's almost like just creates pretty much just a neat hole and, and they've got to come back up out of that hole and all it does is just honestly create big holes all throughout the track so you're probably likely to see one stumble or, or yeah, twist, 
twist a fetlock or something like that and you end up with a seriously hurt horse or a seriously hurt jockey. So uh, it's just not worth it. Sometimes these things happen and weather's out of our control. I know everyone loves to chuck a little bit of a stink about it, but um, sometimes these things just happen. And at the end of the day, uh, not only are we there to make a bit of money and, and have a good time and also support our small country towns with a bit of entertainment and sport, but... Um, Part of our job also is to look after ourselves and look after those um, awesome animals that we get to ride every week that help us make our money. So, yeah, look, just one of those things, isn't it? It's a bit sad, but um, it happened. Watching um, Come Around the Bend in race two, just watching on that replay, obviously, after you said that they <laughs> had abandoned those races, you could genuinely see that so many horses like were just... Crabbing. Cr- they completely unsure, weren't they? Like mm. No one was confident in their footing. Yeah, like, it was and a horse is never going to put in their best effort either if they're feeling um, like they're going to slip. Yeah, they're smart animals. Yeah, un- unfortunate. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just one of those years, and I... There's no real solution, I don't think, to the, you know, we can't do the weather. I, I don't know if a different approach should have been taken to checking the Hewenden track, something like they did at Ilfracombe, you know, with a stake and checking the depth and and that yeah. type of stuff. But sure, I know the stewards walked the track earlier in the week, so... Um, yeah. I guess the thing is we're not exempt from it in the bush. I mean, look at Ipswich. No. Yes. It yeah. was a soft five and they still called the races off half an hour yeah. before the first. Um Tony Gollan come out today and has made an interesting point and it's not going to be the case for every single track, but these tracks at the moment where it is a bit, I suppose, unsure, there's a history, I guess, of them not being yeah. up to scratch. It, it, what is stopping us, I suppose, from... Um, because r- tracks are going to walk differently as opposed to ride differently. Th- and that's what we're seeing at the moment. Yeah. What's to stop us sending one or two horses around at 6.30 in the morning on these tracks to test the yeah. suitability? You know yeah. what I mean? Like doing that work on them race morning to find out exactly what is going on at the track. I mean, I, I've he it's 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 a very very valid point. It's going to solve a question straight away to see whether it's raceable or not, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. What what, what about you, Brooke? I mean, what's what should be? I mean, this I mean, there's obviously a course of action that we're not taking that, that we're turning up yeah. to meetings and call. What what's some suggestions that from a jockey's point of view would would be suitable to do? I think it's hard out here because some of these tracks aren't maintained all year and then they get leading up to their race meeting a week out or something. Yeah, everyone hooks in and they, and they go out there. But, you know, a track that's not consistently maintained um, day in and day out or, or weekly or anything like that, I think it's going to be a lot worse off when you do get a heap of rain or something like that. It's going to be harder to repair because it was never quite a raceable surface in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I think that comes into play out here in the bush. Um, and look, that was even a suggestion that uh, we'd made out here was to work a couple of horses around it and, they, and they'd have their answer. Um, but yeah, look, it's honestly a tough one. I think in the city, it's a little bit easier. Like you said, Ipswich and, and places like that, um, there's someone there caretaking for that track all the time. Um, so it does make their job a little bit easier. But look, yeah, I, I guess I guess my point is. I guess my point of view is that it's a big enough industry. We've got eight regions of Queensland. Mm. We're throwing something like four or four hundred thousand dollars at a non-tab vision deal. Mm. Yeah. Surely we're a big enough industry that we can spend a thousand dollars a week to have two regions covered by a consultant on a wage that goes around and checks these tracks. You know? I had mentioned this to yep. you with that cruelty. Yeah. 
Um, and that's where I said, I, I felt really, I don't know if I said it on the podcast when we spoke about Coolby, but I felt really genuinely bad for the club and bad as a rider. Like, I've never, ever put my hand up and said, I don't want to ride. Um, yeah. Except for that day, because it, it was really bad. But part of me felt for the club, because I had felt like, and no disrespect to Racing Queensland, I'd felt like they had been let down by Racing Queensland also, because you just chucked in the deep end out here, like exactly what you said, what the I said to the stewards. I said, well, where does Racing Queensland come into play with this? Why wasn't someone sent out here to view the state of the track? So, And they said to me that they had had someone early in the week mm. to tell them this is what needs fixing. But then there was no follow-up. No one came out to check to see if what needed to be done had been done and done followed out correctly and safely. So I'm just like, well, you can't tell someone what to do and, and then not come and see that it's actually done yeah. and up to scratch for racing. So I, I felt like they'd really been let down a little because they're only doing the best they can with the little bit of knowledge that they do have. At the end of the day, they're not track curators, they're not jockeys, they're not track work riders, or some of them, you know, don't have anything to do with the racehorses even. So, I mean, there's only so much they can do, isn't there? There's, there's no support. Is, I don't think. No, and and there, and there probably needs to be. And this is the thing: all, all this new funding and stuff that's coming to country racing, it's all well and good, but you still need all the dots, you know, all the eyes dotted, all the T's crossed, yeah. and and that that goes from, you know, the ground up every every little bit. So yeah, hopefully that there's something in that um, new funding model that that addresses these problems because they've certainly been highlighted this year. Anyhow, there's plenty of racing uh, this weekend, weather permitted. Can I just quickly interrupt? Yes. We agreed actually a couple of weeks ago. And I completely disremembered this now. We had an intro. Oh, Brooke, it was your suggestion. Yes. Oh, yes. Are we going to do this? Well, we got well, to we may as well. Now. <laughs> what, right now. Yeah, we'll do it now. All right. We've got, to, we've got to go a bit of a, a lighter note now after that. Yeah, yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> Get deep and dark. Probably be hated by Racing Queensland after what I said. Um, More. Um, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, anyway, so intros. I was thinking, um, so your mum is a hairdresser, Max, and I had the pleasure of meeting her. I went to pick up my little boy, Rylan, off uh, my sister on school holidays, and she was getting her hair done in your mum's salon. And your mum offered to cut Rylan's hair because um, she was pretty keen for a haircut, so she squeezed him in. And we got talking, you know, just about our kids and stuff, and I thought a good intro would be uh, nicknames that we were given as children by our mothers. I'm going to so guess... You, I was going to say, I'm going to guess that obviously mum has, been, has said something here. No. Well, maybe. the only nickname I can think of is Maxi, and and that's what still is that gets. It? Yeah, well, it's, it's just still calls me now. It's Maxi. No, no, Maxi Moo. Oh, <laughs> maybe a little bit. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. I just, I mean, that's all I can think of is Maxi. Another one. I thought you'd be more interesting because there was another one, and now it's that long ago. I can't. Remember <laughs> that, but I thought it was great. <laughs> well, Brooke, Brooke rang me or texted me immediately, going, "I've got an intro for next week." Um. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm that old. I can't remember to is be it, honest. It, was it Maxi Poo? Oh, I don't know. She said Maxi something like Maxi, Maxi Milo. Milo. Maxi Milo. Yes, I do remember that now. Maxi Milo. Maxi Milo and Maxi <laughs> Moon. <Moose. laughs> I um, 
I I can't remember. That's that long ago, and I actually forgot to ask my mum. But uh, um, what 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 about you, bro? Well, what was quickly? How did you get the Wolfie? Oh, so that goes back to um, that was uh, old backyard cricket days. Was it? Yeah, yeah. When we used to finish a big night out, come home, play backyard cricket in the morning. Morning, we had the wolf, the leopard, the koala, the fox. Mm, the cougar, uh, yep, the cougar, yep, 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 yeah. Yep. So that's how Jeremy got his leopard as the well. The leopard, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, it was interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we won't go too in depth in that. No, though, we right? won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, oh, I got some cute ones, I guess. I used to get uh, Mini Moo, Mini, and um, Chook, obviously. I was going to say, gets every brook gets called Brook the Chook, don't they? Chucky, but yeah, mum's favourite was Mini Moo or Mini. She sometimes still calls me Mini. I mean, I am small. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very small. Uh, <laughs> racing this weekend, and we've got uh, plenty of it around the Greater Western Queensland Racing News podcast area. Let's start down in Roma. Five races, 57 nominated. Uh, Maxi and um, yeah, some pretty good races. Yeah, I thought the same. Um, it looks to be a good card there for the day. They've had really good nominations actually for a while um, after losing a fair few meetings, but um, it, it's a, a little bit of a lower meet, I guess, because we don't have that open there. But that 65 1400, like that's a high quality race. I mean, the yeah. likes of Shaijin. Um, Vanasta, Joshberg, Radapole. Um, it's going to be a pretty handy little um, race to watch, I think, especially. And the weights are really going to come into play now as well. Yeah, they will. They certainly will. Did you give um, Tango Tino a go, uh, a go with a drop in the weights? Down to 57.5. I still think um, she's a little bit highly rated compared to what she's done. I mean, like yep. the handicapper hasn't really been that kind to her, has he? No. Um, Ramtastic is an interesting runner for me. I used to follow this horse when it was getting around down in southeast Queensland. Probably not, like, I suppose more of a four-year-old, but I just think if he can reproduce some of his old form, he um, he may be competitive there on the weekend. Longreach, uh, a seven, perhaps eight race card, 81 nominations, um, and right across the board as well. They've all sort of got that 10, 11, 12 um, I think the lowest one is nine. Yep, so good nominations across the the card there, Brooke. Yeah, it's got to be a massive day for Longreach. Um, I think everyone's keen to get back into it. Blackwell's kick-started us off, and uh, they were talking rain early in the week, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. So there's going to be a great day of racing there. And um, your open handicap there is looking pretty competitive too with some of the horses uh, nominated for that. Yeah, it's, it certainly will be. Uh, it's a home grand final for Kerry Crow and Tanya Parry. They've only got to walk across the road uh, at Julia Creek. Um, 52 noms. I'm just counting up how many Crowy and Tanya have got of them, but uh, it's it's a big number. I'm just counting as well. <laughs> um, no, well, it is, isn't it? Um, and, look, I'm pretty excited to actually watch this open handicap because, I mean, we got Wicked Pick, Wikiverse full of fire again and then you got Teddy Mercury back to a probably a more suitable track and distance as well at the 1100. And then, I mean, you chuck in Cato on the way up. Um, it's um, licking my lips actually thinking about it. It's going to be a, a really good, interesting race. Sean Royce's horse are flying. 
Now, I'm waiting to see Del Bergia where it steps out. It was enormous. We've got um, breakdowns going around the Winter Cup at Townsville tomorrow as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Black's was a good run. On Saturday, 1,000 metres really ran through the line hard out to 1350 at Julia Creek. Uh, and that, that Meteorano ran second there the other day as well. So um, I know Esco is riding a lot of work. He looks fit as a fiddle too. Um, so, yeah, interesting racing there as well. Oh, exactly. Um, it's it's um, Look, I, I think we're seeing now it's becoming a lot more competitive up there in the north, which is good. Um, it, it's not sort of, I suppose, the same horses winning each week. It's um, certainly being shared around a lot more, and it, it makes for more competitive racing. And, um, you know, it makes for, I suppose, better watching as well. Art Thief wins the maiden, another one for Tanya Parry. It was enormous uh, at Mount Isa. So Tenya's only got three runners this week. It's three versus three. She only needs one. Three versus three. <laughs> Kerry's got three. Tenya's got three. That's um, you, you reckon the appointed time's missing out again? Oh, I just don't know if he's will to wins there. I'm not sure. <laughs> but Art Thief, Art Thief for mine, better the day there at Julia Creek. Brooke, uh, when do you head off to Mackay? Yeah, look, probably poking off Friday after track work. So yep. um, I'll fulfil my duties here, probably to line up a few winners for Rick McMahon and Todd Austin at Longridge. <laughs> um, and I'll move you on off to Mackay, and uh, fingers crossed the little, little horse and I can uh, run a good race. I'll be happy as long as he's competitive. So, um, yeah, look, it'll be awesome to win it, but, yeah. We'll just have to see how he goes at the trip. And Maxie, uh, all roads lead to Longreach here in the Central West. We'll be both there trackside. And uh, anyone who's in the Longreach tipping competition, I hope we get seven or eight jockeys because there's some, some good good uh, competitive races there. Really competitive racing. I'm looking forward to it um, because it's it seems like it's going to be a real level playing field. That track, I think, is going to be absolutely perfect as well. Um, I'm missing out, guys. Stop talking it up. Oh, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see it. Um, it's it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be a great day of racing. I hope we get eight races. All the best, Brooke and Mackay, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks very much. Thanks, boys. And uh, Andrew Watson, Max Tank, signing out of tonight's podcast. Good luck wherever you're racing over the weekend. And we will be back next week, I promise. Here for the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. 